0: Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about the real housewives of Beverly Hills. I have a guest co host joining me today. Her name is Judith Weigel, she is a divorce mediator and coach and host of the Amicable Divorce Expert podcast. She worked in the entertainment industry and lives in Los Angeles. I am thrilled to have her here. Welcome, Judith. Hey, from LA, Diana. We're all good here after the 4th of July.
1: Nobody, no floods, no fires. We're all good. Movies are going on as they should.
0: Yes, thank goodness. Thank goodness no fires right now, because that's that gets scary. And we've seen some of the housewives deal with that. Yes, we have. We saw Camille Grammer's
1: house burned
0: down in
1: uh, the Topanga area. We saw Denise Richards, who was renting uh, on the water in Malibu. The whole um, coastline
0: had to evacuate a couple of years ago. It was scary. right. It was scary. yeah. It is very scary. So I'm yeah. I'm really glad that we're doing okay right now. So so Judith, you and I met within a podcast community. And we started talking about possibly guest hosting. And we talked about how we both love TV and film. And we started talking about reality TV and how we both loved the real housewives of Beverly Hills. So I thought this would be a great topic for us. Listen, it's
1: the buzz in Los Angeles. So Not only with the Beverly Hills Housewives, but every housewife franchise on Bravo, most of them get divorced. And so just to set this up, what are these housewife shows about? They're about conflict. They're about relationship conflict. That's what they're about supposedly relationships between the castmates but what happens is if you are not on a solid footing in your marriage and you mm-hmm. become a castmate on one of these shows i looked at the stats a couple of years ago n- over 90% get divorced
0: wow that many i knew it was high Over
1: 90% get divorced. The highest divorce rate was in Orange County, and that was the first Housewife show of the entire franchise. And then I think New York came on after that. And now I'm on the fence. Did Beverly Hills or did New Jersey come on after that? Then there's Atlanta. It goes on and on and on. It does. It does. But I have to tell you, though, if you live in Beverly Hills and you're in any way related to film, television or live entertainment, which is my background, you're required to watch this show. So I know (laughs) everything about this show.
0: I love it. I love it. So so what draws you to the show?
1: Conflict. I love seeing wealthy people behaving badly. I do not like to see the demise of anybody's life ever, 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 ever. But as a divorce mediator and coach, you have to understand that these this is fodder for stories on my own podcast, just situations that they're in that could happen to everybody else. But you know, then again, you have all of their businesses and their husband's businesses everywhere as you drive around town and you actually run into them. So I like to be up on my pulp culture information <laughs> as much as humanly possible.
0: Yeah, That's awesome. So one of the housewives on the show is Erica Jane. She filed for divorce from Tom Girardi in November 2020 after 21 years of marriage. It was a shocker for all of us, I, I think, right? I'm sure I'll get your take on it in a few minutes, but it seemed like a shocker because they seemed to be on stable ground. But legal troubles have swirled around Erica Jane, who is 49, and Tom Girardi, who is 82 over the last several months. And a lawsuit claims the divorce is a sham to hide embezzled money from plane crash victims' families. There was an ABC News documentary about uh, Erica and uh, Tom Girardi's legal troubles, which is entitled The Housewife and the Hustler, which I just recently watched. It was actually very shocking, some of the information that came out on that show. Uh, It's on Hulu. It came out July 14th, 2021, and it alleges that he embezzled funds from his clients. But there was some damning Information from there, some phone calls, and uh, they even showed, I think, a deposition that him saying he had 80 million or 50 million and now he's broke. Wow. I thought that was crazy. So tell me your take on all of this
1: because I know every episode from every season ever created for the Beverly Hills housewives, let me go back to two reunions ago. So it didn't just happen in the last few months. I know that's what all the reports say, Diana, but let's go back to two reunions ago. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's two reunions ago or one reunion ago. So in one of those reunion shows, Erica was defending Tom the lawsuits had already started, so mm. we're talking 2019 or 2018. The lawsuits had already started, and I noticed she became enormously defensive. But that's just her style, you know. Right. So I thought uh, 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 maybe, maybe not. But then I have other information that happened in my office that I'm going to divulge on your show right now. So I think arrogant. Erica joined the cast of the Beverly Hills housewives in 2015 because I ran a timeline. I had to run a timeline because I made this last week's podcast episode on the amicable divorce expert podcast. And so yes. I to get my whole timeline straight. So I did, uh, I, I did historical research in 26, 20- either 2015, yeah, 2015. In 2015, I was sitting in my office with a client, a non-celebrity client. We were filling out a form that required her to put um, some information down that all of a sudden made me say, wait a minute, do you watch the Beverly Hills Housewives? There's this new castmate called Erica Jane. She's on. And the woman said, oh my gosh, she's married to Tom Girardi." of the Aaron Brockovich frame, because yes, don't know, Tom Girardi was on the PG&E case, I think it was. yes. That was the subject matter of Aaron Brockovich. Julia Roberts was Aaron Brockovich in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, But that was Tom Girardi, and that was a while ago. So my client said to me, my mother works for Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin hired Tom Girardi's law firm to represent them in a huge lawsuit. Something happened in one of the plants of Lockheed and everybody in one department became seriously ill. And this girl's mother was physically deformed, literally doesn't didn't leave the house. Oh, no. The lawsuit was settled, but nobody had gotten the award yet. So back in 2015, 2016, I already knew There was a problem, but filed it away. I mean, uh, all right, well, who knows? I don't know anything really about personal injury. I deal in divorce, so I let it go past me until the reunion show of one or two shows ago when somebody wrote in and said, wait a minute, there's something going on with your husband. He's not paying people, could be support services, could be the victims that he was representing. And then Erica became very defensive. No, no, no. And then subsequently later... In a different interview, she said, well, we got an apology letter from whoever was making the allegations. Erica does have a very strong presence. So you just have to get used to the way she talks. But if you're going to look at the timeline, allegedly the lawsuits and bankruptcy that they're in right now, bankruptcy precedes division of assets and debts and divorce. Um, The lawsuit claimed that a total of $20 million, not $20 million in one lump sum, but a total of $20 million was dispersed from girardi Keys law firm to Erica yes. primary company, EJ Global Enterprises, Inc., through 2018 to 2020. Erica had already been performing since 2007 as Erica Jane. So she wasn't new to performing when she got on The Housewives, But the Housewives, any franchise, is going to give any business a boost. And so it did with her, and and, and good for her, because I actually really like the way she performs. I do. Let's go to the way Tom appeared on camera, because, Mm. you know, we have a couple things. Uh, Was anybody surprised about the um, divorce? Well, I kind of think I was, even though he treated her badly on camera initially yes. in the first season or two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not like that at it all. Was, it was demoralizing. I mean, it first was. of all, this is her show. So you as a husband have to be like all the other wealthy husbands. You're not on this show unless you're wealthy. You support your wife and mm-hmm. you treat her well so right. that, you know, she can here with respect. Well, that didn't happen. And it was shocking to see that happen. But there have been other husbands on other shows who have had to dial it back after they were their normal selves. Again, this is why over 90% of the people get divorced on these shows. When he subsequently appeared in other seasons, first of all, he appeared less. So he probably wasn't comfortable doing that and being different than he normally is with her. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't the same. He was nicer. And so it looked like they had a decent relationship. And it really just looked like to me, I mean, I'm, I'm an observer like everybody else is on this marriage. And that is we have a 33 year age difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you look at Erica's background, she did not have a father growing up. So she had no male role model in her life. And she had a very strict mother who made her grow up faster than she normally would have. Right. People do need role models. Now, if you have two lesbian or two gay men parents, because now we're in a different culture, yes, you're going to have the same gender, but you still have two different people who are bringing to the table, hopefully, the best they can offer In raising their child, I kind of looked at it as an unusual organic marriage, or maybe something that was arranged for the benefit of both of them. But to last 20, 21 years, I I mean, you have to have a lot
0: going for you, Diana. Yeah. last that long. I know. I think I was shocked because she talked so adoringly about him. But at the same time, she is much younger than him. And, uh, you know, if he's not respecting her, how she would like, then I'm thinking, ah, you might get tired of that after 21 years of that. So you are a prisoner
1: of your own wealth. Mm -hmm. And that's um, what I've kind of put out on social media. And I'm doing another episode, not celebrity driven, but as an Outgrowth of the Eric and Jane story, and that is you can stay married for the lifestyle you then become a prisoner of your own wealth. And if you're not managing that wealth properly, did she know where the loans were coming from? Did she not know? I had a forensic accountant on for last week's um, podcast because I just want to deal with the money. What's going on with the bankruptcy? What does this mean? How does this affect Erica? And one of the questions I asked the forensic accountant was, because she works with enormously high net worth people, I said, is it normal... And is it kind of okay under any circumstances for a business in which one spouse is a partner to give a personal loan from that business to their spouse? And the answer was no, unless it's marked appropriately, everybody signs off on it. You know, there has to be maybe a special condition, but she said, it's really not done. So, you know, therein goes the alleged awareness. Right. The deposition, wow. Well, the deposition that you referenced, she never, he took one. She wouldn't sit through the two she was asked for in May, and right. September of last year. She wouldn't sit through them. Mm-hmm. I know she's going to have to. She now yeah. has a legal team, a bankruptcy legal team and a divorce legal team. She named her divorce lawyer last week.
0: She's going to have to comply. Right. She is. Wow. This is huge for Bravo, the housewives, the stories. So we'll all be keeping our eye out on this. So, it's it is, so
1: I'm sorry, Diana. It is probably one of the biggest because it's complex. There's more involved than the normal personal stuff that right. drives people apart. Now, this is just much bigger in scope. And so um, it, it, it'll be very interesting. And then for anybody getting divorced, You can learn from this, not to criticize, not to judge. You can actually learn from this. Uh, If anything similar is going on with a family owned business and now a divorce, that house has to be squeaky clean, that business, because it's going to come under scrutiny. Right. Divorce as an asset to be divided.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll be really curious to see what happens. I actually have always liked Erica. So I'm hoping um, things work out for her. We'll see. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. You I'll never know people.
1: I know.
0: Well, so there are other cast member castmates on here. So uh, Kyle Richards, uh, Lisa Rinna, Dorit Kemsley, Garcelle Bouvet, Sutton Strackle, Crystal Kung, Minkoff. So Bob Minkoff is hugely famous as writer
1: producer in Los Angeles. Huge, 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 huge resume of films. So I was just interested to see Bob Minkoff in some of the um, in some of the scenes. Sutton is probably the wealthiest. She's a billionaire. Wow. So Sutton was married to a hedge fund manager, and when they got divorced, she got a billion.
0: It looks like it. Well, if you look at the little, um,
1: the guest gifts that she gives out, the very first guest gift she gave out last season when she was on was an $1,800, was it a Dolce & Gabbana little handbag? Yeah, yes, yes, I do remember that. $1,800, that was pretty pretty amazing, (gasps) and she does not wear her wealth like erica wore her wealth and that's the thing and this, this is the thing that really made me sad with erica be careful what you how you define yourself mm-hmm. she defined herself unlike the other ladies in extreme wealth and now all that wealth has gone away it, it will, there right. will be nothing left for them to divide more than likely but then look at the other people um, they want to talk about the good marriages because there are some good marriages on the show. So Kyle yeah. and Mauricio, I, I, I mean, I, I never expect them ever, ever, ever to get divorced. I mean, they look, their chemistry looks perfect, doesn't it?
0: It does. I was going to ask you what you thought about the other relationships and they're probably my favorite couple. They seem the most in tune to each other. They talk to each other. They're raising their family together. So we see that. Of course, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. We never do. But uh, out of all the relationships that I see, I, it would, I would imagine theirs would last longest. I think you're totally right,
1: Diana, because she's original. She's one of the original cast members. We would have seen a break, a crack in that relationship through the years. And we have not. We've only seen it get better and better. And, you know, I want a Mauricio in my life for heaven's sake. (laughs) What a great guy. Yeah. I love him. And I love the business that he's in. Lisa Renna. Okay. So I love that she calls Harry Hamlin, Harry Hamlin. and <laughs> She doesn't refer to yes. him as my husband or Harry, right? Yeah. She yeah. refers to him as Harry Hamlin. And one day on the show, she shows her cell phone and his caller ID is Harry Hamlin.
0: <laughs> I love that. You're so, right. I love these two so people. Cute.
1: And he goes along with whatever she does. And, and the same with her. I also think Dorit and PK have a good relationship. They seem to really like each other and yes. um, are respectful to one another. Yes. And they back each other up. Yeah. So I love them. We know Garcelle is divorced and, um, you know, Crystal, I guess she has a good marriage with Bob. We just met them. So we yeah. can't comment on them right now, but Denise Richards. Now Denise has left the show, right? Yes. She wants to be
0: back. Um, That was an interesting, um, (laughs) storyline. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought Garcelle was tough on Lisa Rinna because this is me because I felt like Lisa Rinna felt somewhat betrayed by Denise in their relationship. And I think that's what she was trying to call her out on. But Garcelle had a different point of view. And so I'm glad that that Lisa Rinna said what, you know, she said and apologized for her part in it. But I feel like Lisa Rinna takes responsibility when she does something wrong. Okay, so
1: Lisa changed from the first season to every other season. She was Miss Peacemaker. She was just like Denise, Miss Peacemaker, first season. And then it all went to hell in a handbasket. Then she became adversarial, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And it really just seemed, I mean, Lisa's a pro at acting at television. (laughs) She is. She knows exactly what she's doing. And so I'm wondering, A, did she get a directive from Bravo to be more controversial? Because I can imagine that you do get directives from production. Andy Cowan would totally deny this if he was sitting with us. And the reason why I would respectfully say, I'm sorry, Andy, I don't believe you, is because all the housewives... Several years ago, we seen going over their scripts at a restaurant wow. in the Beverly Hills area by my sister-in-law, who watches every episode like I do. Ooh. So, no, no, no. It's, it's semi-scripted. They get directives. They get the storyline, which is why you will see a word or an issue brought up in every single episode and yes. it will be attached to a specific castmate. You know, that's how these reality shows are built, but then they can't control everybody. The, the castmates go out of control, which is where the drama and the interest come in. So, Denise... I loved her first season. I kind of love her overall. But she said something in one of the reunion shows that as a divorce mediator, I really picked up on. And I've been trying to get in touch with her ever since. I went to Mauricio's real estate company, the agency, wrote a letter, brought chocolates. I said, can you please hook me up <laughs> with Denise Richards? Because here's what I wanted her to talk about on the pot, my podcast, Amicable Divorce. She said something about the way she co-parents with Charlie Sheen that just warmed my heart. And I want everybody to do that. So here's what she said. And I don't know if you remember, but it was on a reunion show and Camille Grammer was on That reunion show. And Denise said, you know, Charlie was not seriously wealthy when we got divorced. He hadn't gotten two and a half men yet. Two and a half men put him over the income bracket of seriously, seriously wealthy. Right. But it was a rough marriage she had. So she didn't ask for spousal support and she was also working and supporting herself. But then it was about co-parenting and child support. So she did take child support and she wanted the co-parenting to be exemplary. She did not want her children in any way to be entangled in her parents being disrespectful to one another and not supporting each other because beyond the outside world, what they do for a living you still have personal private lives that need to be honored and preserved if they're children. So here's what she said. She said, Charlie always had an open door to come over to any event that she was having at the house. It was a Thanksgiving evening. This is the story she told at the reunion. It was Thanksgiving and Charlie had not accepted an invitation to come to dinner. Okay. So they were all sitting at dinner. Her I guess both of her parents were living at the time and she very close to her family. Uh, They were all there having dinner. There was a knock at the door. It was Charlie looking forlorn. And she said, Charlie, Hey, how you doing? We're having dinner. You want to come in? And he said, well, yes, I, I appreciate it, but I'm with somebody. And she peeks her head out the door to the car, looks at the person. He said, She's a hooker, and Denise said, even hookers have to eat. You just come on in, both of you.
0: I do remember that now that you said that. Yes. That, wow,
1: that is how I remember Denise Richards. What was going on in her life with what is her current husband's name? I forget. I don't recall his name right now. There's weird stuff going on, though. In his life, there's weird stuff. Because a few seasons ago, we were introduced, Aaron, his name is Aaron, we were introduced to them being followed, or the work that he does in his spa is under government surveillance. Therefore, they're being followed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder, first of all, I wonder if that hurt his practice if that hurt his business, because I wouldn't want to go there and be followed. What are you getting yourself into? Mm-hmm. I think a speculation, pure speculation. I could be totally wrong, Diana. I'm wondering if marrying Aaron brought an element into her life that changed her and changed the way she behaved on the show. I don't know, mm. but we go, if you want to go back to what you said about Lisa, Renna and Garcelle, um, what was the issue again that
0: Lisa was pouncing on? Do you remember? Lisa did not. Uh, she felt that she was Denise wasn't being truthful with her on so many different levels, and so Lisa didn't like that. Lisa thought, well, if we're friends, why do you keep right not be forthcoming with? all kinds of things. I feel like you're hiding things from me. Right. And I just want you to be honest with me right? because this doesn't add up what you're telling me. Right. And And Garcelle felt like Lisa should have just supported her no matter what it was. Well,
1: I may have to go with Garcelle on this one because... Are you really obligated to divulge every piece of your personal life, even to your best friends? I don't think so. I don't think any human divulges every single thing about right. life, even to their spouse. You, you just out of sheer human protection. We have our secret silent selves. Jessica, um, Carrie Bradshaw, the character that Sarah Jessica Parker played in uh, Sex and the City, there was an episode where she talked about everybody has to have their silent secret selves. And I said, you know, you're right. You're really right. I mean, either out of shame, out of guilt, out of embarrassment, out of protection of some way does anybody really divulge every single thing about the way they think and the way they feel with anybody?
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm with Garcelle on that one.
0: See, it appears that Denise and Lisa Rinna are not on friendly terms right now. So I think Lisa Renna would like to be, but uh, I don't, I don't know on Denise Richards part, but like you said, we never know what their life is like. And Maybe there is something being hidden, them being followed. She wouldn't
1: have said it if it wasn't true. She literally put it on microphone and on camera. And I just, they were driving on PCH when that conversation happened. I said, oh, my God.
0: So Lisa Vanderpump, of course, is no longer on. And she exited the show after Puppygate happened. And so Puppygate was that Dorit Kemsley. (laughs) Adopted a puppy from the shelter. The second puppy, which we didn't learn until later. And, oh, I don't think I knew that. She She did. The
1: first one and she had problems with the second one.
0: Oh, I didn't know. I don't know if I knew that, but she got this puppy. It was biting at her children. So she rehomed it. Uh, I guess it wasn't in the contract, but she rehomed it to another home. That person took the puppy and gave it to a shelter gave that it to point, another shelter
1: and and Lisa went and got it from the shelter she found out Yes it and so
0: yes so Lisa found out or her people found out went in got the puppy and then they were mad at Dorit for not uh bringing it back, back to, to them right. but Dorit wasn't aware that the puppy was rehomed and so and then it was about leaking the information to certain people to look people make people look bad and i remember kyle and all the other women uh were on dorit's side as far as that was concerned uh after hearing um the story but because they thought that lisa had leaked it to the press
1: more than likely she did it's a guess it's a pure guess and
0: she wouldn't come clean right this is what happens between two friends when somebody's not truthful with another, because it's the same thing that happened that we just talked about with Denise uh, Richards and Lisa Rinna about relationships, friendships and not being truthful. And here we are with uh, um, Kyle Richards and Lisa Vanderpump. And so I think the girls were just really wanting her to admit to this, that she's like, I'm out of here. I'm not, I don't need this. So there's too much, uh, Negativity, And so she left the show.
1: Okay. So I'll give you what my take is on this. First of all, I almost think Dorit was embarrassed because it was puppy number two that didn't do well in their home and was embarrassed to take it back. That's what I kind of think it was. Yeah. So th- my speculation. Number two, I, of course, have been to Vanderpump Dogs. <laughs> Because it's Oh, a have game. you? Awesome. I've been to all of Lisa's restaurants, which are four. I've been to Vanderpump Dogs. I wanted to see, and I spoke to John, who we saw on camera as part of the footage for Puppy Gate. And so I said, John, can we talk about that? He said, No. And I said, why is Lisa here? And she said, no, but we still can't talk. She'll kill me. And I said, okay, but I watched every episode and I do have my opinions, but I will respect the confidentiality that is established between you and Lisa. So I tried to be the roving reporter on this and I got nowhere, but it is a really cute place. You walk in a lot of paraphernalia on one side, then on the other side are the puppies in playpens. And you're allowed to go in. There's not a lot of dogs because uh, it's not a huge place. It's small. Then you go to the behind where the puppies are featured or the dogs are featured. And they have a grooming salon for the dog. Mm-hmm. And then you go upstairs and that's where Lisa has the offices for that particular business. Mm-hmm. So it's totally cute. And if anybody's in L.A., it's on Third Street in West L.A. and or West Hollywood area. And I think you should go. It's really a nice little experience.
0: Um, I love that you've been there. That's awesome. And her restaurants. So four. Yes. Four. She had four restaurants. She has four. Well, she
1: had four. She has three now. So she started with Villa Blanca in the heart of the Beverly Hills Triangle. I've been there many, many times. Uh, I used to have an office down the street. That's where uh, two two or three doors down, which is is where Kyle Richards had her clothing boutique. So I was, oh, Yes. But that restaurant I loved. I loved Villa Blanca. Villa Blanca was classic Hollywood. And at lunchtime, I remember this one particular lunch. It was so packed and I was meeting somebody and I literally was smashed against Rob Reiner. We were trying to get to our tables, but it is star. It was star studded and the food was really good. Lisa is very gracious. She will take a picture with anybody. So I was there with my mother one day. She took a picture with mom. So she's lovely. She's her, her personal skill, her interpersonal skills are Wonderful, but that closed because she moved all of her operations to West Hollywood. The second restaurant was Sir S U R, and so she started her own show with Sir. Right. And I think there are two reasons, a couple reasons, why she left the show. Um, first of all, she is the best businesswoman out of any of them. This woman knows how to make money. She knows how to establish businesses. And I think she's very media savvy. And I do think that there is a possibility that she may have been manipulative behind the scenes. I also think she aged out of the housewives. And I mean, I'm of a certain age, which is old. So I get aging. No. Believe me, I've been to all the right surgeons.
0: Um But you'll have to tell me (laughs) later about that. I will offline. I'll give you all the right
1: surgeons here. As well as, I think because she had more restaurants, she was opening, and she had um, uh, the show Vanderpump Rules, which was based on Sir. Right. I think there's only so much you could handle. And maybe that, you know, all of those issues coming together had her leave the show. Sir, I've been to. They have good food, but I started getting embarrassed. Uh, I went there for lunch, sat on the patio years ago. It's on Robertson. And that starts the whole slew of the killer West Hollywood restaurants. But when when, when the people started becoming really ridiculous, the servers, I said, I don't know that I can sit here. So I did not go back. Then she opened Punk loved my evening at Pomp. I've been there a couple wow. times. But mm-hmm. the one time I was with my other girlfriend who loves this show, the Beverly Hills Housewives, there were castmates from the Orange County Housewives there. Ah. And they were sitting next to me. And I'm like, I am in Housewife heaven. How can I be the luckiest person in the world to not only have Ken and Lisa sitting across from me with Jiggy, you know, Jiggy. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Jiggy passed,
0: right? Oh, I think Jiggy I passed. did hear that. Yes. But
1: anyway, so Jiggy was still alive, and Ken and Lisa were sitting at one table off to the side from us. And then on this very long bench where uh, I was sitting, um, a banquette, so to speak, many tables were along the banquette. Uh, Gretchen and yeah. who was she dating? Um, his name began Slade. Slade, yes. Slade were there. And they literally sat down next to me at the table. And I just looked at my girlfriend, Sue, and I said, it doesn't get any better than this. If you are superficial and love the housewife shows, which I fit. Both <laughs> <down to. laughs> that sounds like so much fun. It was so much fun. And then lastly, we have Tom Tom. Now Tom Tom all these restaurants are very different, but she has a, a vibe. They're all in West Hollywood. So there's Sir on Robertson. You walk up the street a block, and on the corner of Robertson and Santa Monica Boulevard, you have Pump. Then you turn right on Santa Monica and like five doors down, you have Tom Tom. So she just walks around her restaurants. They're all in uh. this little clump. They all do good business. So I went with my brother and sister-in-law to TomTom. And we sat in the back. It just looks really different in person than it does on camera. It's very rustic in person. It's not glitzy like it looks like on camera, which really surprised me. And it was fine, it was okay. The comment I wanna make about it is, the last episode of Vanderpump Rules or towards the end of their last season, then they had to cut filming for a while from the pandemic, uh, Tom Tom made a profit. And so Lisa and Ken said to Tom and Tom, do you want us to give you the profit or do you want to reinvest the profit? Or we're going to open up an extension to Tom, I mean, to Tom Tom next door. And I could see the construction that they were starting it already. And so Tom and Tom said, well, you know, we'll talk to our wives. And then they decided, go ahead, they'll reinvest. And then the pandemic hit mm. and everything closed. And I just wondered what happened. I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah, it's hard to have a restaurant. That's really hard. So the fact that she's had some success with that, that says a lot.
1: What did she have, 42 at one time in uh, the UK? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she did. You don't get that rich where she lives on a couple restaurants. It's not right. It's because she yeah. lives in the wealthiest of the wealthiest of the wealthiest. I, I just that is an unbelievable neighborhood where one house takes up an entire block. That's how wealthy this neighborhood is. It's nice to do parties there. Um, <laughs> and when I was in live entertainment. Oh, my God. I loved going to that neighborhood. I felt lucky. I just felt lucky looking at another yeah. type life that I simply wasn't part of actually in the buying end of it. But um, no, she had mentioned in one episode that the reason she takes on partners, and this is a smart business move, the reason why she takes on partners is so that she can open up multiple places and not have to physically be at each place all day, every day. And for her as a management style, to be able to pick Managers, business partners that she trusts because she has a great eye and she's a savvy businesswoman. Mm -hmm. That's an extra step in business management to be able to hire those quality people that you trust and can walk away and open up more businesses and see the ones that you've already opened up thrive. Brilliant
0: businesswoman. Yeah. Yeah, she is. So, well, Hopefully, she, uh, I, hopefully I get down to L.A. and I could visit some of those restaurants. That would be awesome. I would I'll love that. i take you to
1: every one of them. Please oh. come to L.A. I love <laughs> doing
0: the tours. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Well, it's been a really good conversation on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I cannot wait to see uh, the next episodes and the reunion when it comes on. But I do want to move into probably better relationships and marriages when I talk about this next uh, person, and that would be uh, Tom Hanks and Rita oh, Wilson. Oh, my
1: God. What a lovely couple. What a so, lovely.
0: yeah. So they have been together for a very long time, especially by Hollywood standards. Uh, they've been married, I believe, 33 years. And you helped host an event for one of their anniversaries. It was their 10th anniversary.
1: Again, I keep saying I feel like the luckiest person in the world because if you can't be them, just to be around people like that, even in a work capacity. I was producing live entertainment at the time. I was not in the divorce business. I just felt lucky. It's like you're placed in history somehow. Well, uh, I don't know if they still have the property, but they did have a house in Malibu. I mean, you know, people have several homes in the film and television industry. You have your beach house and then you have your in inland house closer to the studios because to go from Malibu to any of the studios, it takes the rest of your natural life. So, um, so it was at the Malibu beach house. It was the most, Star studded event I have ever participated in. Every single human being at that event was an A lister. Wow. I mean, Tom and Nicole, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman was still married. They were there. Rob Reiner and his wife, Billy Crystal. I, I just named somebody, they were more than likely there, right? The image I have in my head that will never leave me is Steven Spielberg with his handheld home camera (laughs) walking through the dance floor, videotaping the party. It it was just, they were just people, you know, they they were doing what anybody normally does at any party, having a good time. And then there was Steven Spielberg taking video of the party. Of course. Let me tell you how gracious these people are. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are truly gracious. The way you see them on camera is exactly Mm -hmm. the way I saw them at their party. They couldn't have been lovelier to people. And Tom was so cool that he had an appearance the following week or the week after on The Tonight Show. He mentioned the music. I presented a Beatles band. He mentioned the Beatles band. Because Be- the Beatles is his favorite band of all times. So you know what these? Do you know what I mean when I say parody bands, bands yes. dress up, look alike bands? So there was yes. there was a, a Beatles parody band, and that's what we presented. And he he just was thrilled. Rita loves Greek music. Rita is actually Greek, and so there was a restaurant Taverna Tony's, up the street. And so they brought in the Greek music that they normally have at the restaurant because Rita really likes it. And then they catered it with food from the restaurant. One, one of my best memories ever.
0: Oh, that sounds like such a good memory. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing about that. And I'm so glad that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are what they appear to be. So that's really good to know, too. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Tom Hanks movie? I do. My favorite is Forrest Gump. Love that Um, movie. I I
1: quote lines from Forrest Gump all the time. And I even, first of all, the movie was brilliantly done, don't you think? Mm. I mean, chroma Key, historical events in time with Mm -hmm. Tom as Forrest Gump, part of these events. Yes. Just brilliant. With
0: John Lennon on, uh, was it Johnny Carson or one of the shows, right? It's so funny. It's so funny. So I thought that was brilliantly done.
1: The story itself was just so heartwarming. But there's a scene that I refer to. So when I do my own podcasts and I talk about my own marriage, just as an example, it was amicable. My way of healing, because everybody has to find their own way of healing from a divorce, My way of healing was doing what Forrest Gump did. I walked and I walked and I walked So Ah. all day, did my job. And then when I came home at night, I just walked and processed. And then after a year, maybe less than a year, but close to it, I snapped out of it. And then I was happy again. And so I was very happy that I chose a very healthy way of doing it. And I refer to I did what Forrest Gump did. But isn't Tom one of the most brilliant actors ever? Can do comedy, he is can do drama, can do accents. I, I, I,
0: he just I, he's brilliant. He has this quality about him. I really love so many of his movies. Um, I just, he is one of my favorite actors. I love Castaway with Helen oh. Hunt yes. and Wilson and Wilson, his relationship with Wilson. I never watched uh, the Basketball the same again. And um, Saving Private Ryan with Steven wow. Spielberg.
1: I forgot about that.
0: Yes, that was a very powerful movie. If it comes on and I am not, I can't normally watch war movies too often but it is one that I will sit and watch again because it's done so well yeah um, I really enjoy the green mile which is oh, a Stephen right. King story right. uh, catch me if you can with Leonardo DiCaprio I really love that film it's really good I don't know have you seen that yeah no I've seen every one that you've mentioned yes it's very good yeah um, a, a league of their own Which is really good with Tina Davis. That
1: was very powerful with Madonna and Rosie Rosie O'Donnell.
0: Yes. So and Toy Story. Actually, Toy Story is one of my my favorite animated films ever. Is Toy Story, and I think it is because of Tom Hanks voicing uh, Woody. But just those characters and that friendship. Yeah. um, Whenever it has to do with relationships.
1: Yes. friendships
0: a bond I'm just drawn to those movies so those are just some of my favorite movies he's done so many other films that I just really really like but I say those are the ones that I would ever go back to and watch again yeah so, yeah no
1: I agree I agree with all of them
0: we were also talking about Jim Carrey And you were telling me you were involved with an event with him also. At his house.
1: Yes. Being in the events industry in Los Angeles will bring to you an enormous number of non-disclosure agreements that you have to sign. So a bunch of NDAs and addresses and phone numbers. But there are certain people you just remember going to their homes because they're lovely and gracious. And so Jim Carrey is one of those people who is lovely and gracious. He was having a smart person's event. So a salon. So in Los Angeles, people have salons and a salon is a get together where you invite uh, different people, friends, maybe people in different fields to get together and talk about things. So Jim was going to have a salon at his house and he wanted entertainment and catering, you know, so we provided the music and I I went to the event to set up the music. It was outdoor and indoor. So I got to walk around inside the house. And the first interchange with him was he was sitting in his kitchen talking to probably the salon person who was going to present the speaker and and all of that. Uh And you learn when you go to these Uh, celebrity homes that you you just stick to business you just stick to what you're there to do and let them live their lives don't make them feel uncomfortable but this is a regular guy like tom hanks is a regular guy and jim as i and a few other event people were walking through the kitchen stopped his conversation and was the first one to say hi how are you welcome to my home Wow. unheard of. And so they, he just made you feel comfortable, loved him for that. Then when uh, like an hour had transpired and I'm in the living room now where the baby grand is and all of the memorabilia from films mm. uh, I was focused on masks, cause I love that film. And so he had mask things there and the pianist that I had hired could just about do everything. And he said, let's ask Jim if there's anything he would want us to play. And so we did. So Jim stood there, we were talking for a little bit and, and he said, no, you know, no, I want you to do whatever you want to do. Feel comfortable. And, and I'm sure you're going to do a great job. I mean, very hands off, very gracious. Wow. And um. And 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 so that was my interchange. Now let me say one footnote to this. About a year after that, fires in the area where he lives, and I live because I just you know, you can find anything on Google Maps, but I don't want to be the one to drive people to their homes generally. But in this area, there were fires, and I worried about him because I know that another mega performer lives on his street and they named the other mega performer. And I said, oh my God, I know Jim Carrey lives on that same street. I hope to God nothing has happened to their homes. So, but Mask, you know, um, I loved Mask. I'm not conversant with his films like you are, Diana, and I listen to this podcast because it's really interesting, and you're so knowledgeable about scenes. You break down TV shows and movies beautifully, and I love that you do that. And so with Jim, I don't know that I can break down scenes like that, but I can say about Jim Carrey that I loved Masks, It was so exciting because you could see his singing and dancing skills. Yes. Uh, I mean, that blew me away that he could do that. And then making, just contorting his face. Yes. Not
0: everybody can do that. I love that movie too. I do. It's so funny. We uh, have been reciting uh, recently it wasn't me it was the one-armed man because he says that uh when he's as the mask uh and so we've been saying that in our house for the last 2 weeks and uh i was asking my sons i'm like do you know where that comes from where that line comes from and they're like no what does that mean what is it and i had explained to them that that was from the fugitive because When Harrison, well, I saw it from Harrison Ford. There was a a, a TV series based on the fugitive, and then Harrison Ford did a movie, and it was the one armed man that did the crime. And so in the mask, Jim Carrey was uh, reenacting that scene by saying it wasn't him, it was the one-armed man. So now for the last two weeks, we've been in my household. If somebody doesn't want to admit to t- doing something, it wasn't me, it was the one-armed man. Well, so, Diana, who initiated that? Was it you in the house? Uh I one of my sons was saying they didn't do it. And I said, Well, who was it? The one-armed man? Right. And so then they started saying Now everything is the one-armed man. Everybody, (laughs) the one-armed man gets blamed for everything. So, uh, but yes, I do love that movie. Uh, Jim Carrey is, he makes me laugh so hard. I could watch uh, Fun with Dick and Jane, which I really like a lot with Taya Leone. I just laugh out loud. Uh, Me, myself, and Irene uh, with Renee Zellweger uh, makes me laugh.
1: Ace Ventura, yeah. Pet Detector. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, and also Truman Show. That's-
1: okay, so I really like the Truman Show, mostly because inside of that philosophy of the Truman Show is, it's coming to our culture soon. And I believe yes. it, I <gasps> it has, has it not? I know. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. There was a foretelling in that in the Truman Show, and I just said, oh, my gosh let's let's uh, hold our breath and hope it never happens but here we are right now but see yeah. again like tom hanks drama beautifully done drama no pranks no comedy pulled it off brilliantly and then you have all the physical comedy as well as just you know being able to act comedically yeah but we haven't seen him in a while, have we, Diana?
0: No, we haven't, and I miss him. But I, I'm not sure. I know he's off uh, being an artist. I know I didn't realize what a great artist he he is. But he's and very more good. Than I
1: until somehow it was on the internet over the past few months. Yes,
0: yeah, that's what he's been focusing a lot of his efforts on. So. I, saw,
1: I saw something on the internet recently that said. If you want to know why you haven't seen Jim Carrey read this article, so I started reading the article and then I got busy and I never went back to it. Somehow, and this is cancel culture, I'm kind of thinking—and correct me if you think I'm wrong—I'm kind of thinking that he started speaking out politically. He mm-hmm. yes, has, yeah, administration. And Hollywood is not all Democratic, lest people think it is. It is not. There are a lot of Republicans in Hollywood as well. And he may, may have just ostracized himself. But then Deborah Messing is on Twitter talking. I I don't know. You know, a lot goes into this. Who knows? But a shame we haven't seen him in a while, huh?
0: Yeah, it is a shame. Mm -hmm. So... Hopefully something soon will. I think he wanted to move away some of the comedies that he's been doing, I think, and wanted probably to go in a different direction. And maybe he's just trying to find the right vehicle for that. Maybe. So hopefully we get to see him soon.
1: Or maybe he goes into the artist, the fine artist direction.
0: Right. He just may be on a different path now. That's right. But at least we can watch his past movies, which I still really love and make me laugh so much. So I really appreciate those. So do you have any current TV or movies that you'd like to recommend? You know,
1: I don't watch a lot of scripted television shows. I really do like reality shows because they're the same situations, only not with actors. (laughs) So, But on Netflix, I am kind of addicted to a few things on Netflix. Have you seen The Queen's Gambit?
0: I have. And it's very good. I loved I it. Yes. I cried
1: at the last um, episode. I just cried. So I loved The Queen's Gambit. And I am enormously late to the party, although I am caught up on The Crown. But I had to binge it this year because... I I don't tend to like period pieces. And then somebody just said, Judy, it is not the normal period piece. You really need to watch it. And I was hooked immediately. Immediately. So let's see, The Queen's Gambit, The Crown. And then I just have to say that I love music documentaries. um, And I can't recommend more the Clive Davis documentary. Now, you don't even have to be in the music business and then know who I mean when I say Clive Davis. It's Clive Davis, and I think the title after that is The Music of Our Lives. What people don't realize, its I think it's three hours, it's like a three-hour concert throughout history, starting with Janis Joplin and all the artists he represented. You know he represented Whitney Houston. You know it was the Grammy party at the Beverly Hilton February of some years ago where Whitney died, unfortunately, Oh in, yeah. the, in her suite. And it was the night he was hosting his party. It was – I get chills. I'm talking about it and I get chills. But this Clive Davis documentary, The Music of Our Lives, it really starts looking at – and anybody can identify with this – You know, choosing careers is difficult for a lot of people. It's easy for other people. And our career choices, if they're not done from the heart, from what we really want to do, like to do, and think we can do well, We're not going to have a great career history, but Clive is one of those people that had a great career history. He was um, offered things out of the blue that he wasn't expecting, and he made the right choices, and he was in his right element producing artists, artists in repertoire, um, developing artists. So not only was he at the forefront of the contemporary music scene in the 60s with janice joplin but then it we can seriously fast forward to carlos santana maybe uh, a few years ago yeah smooth i mean they're both older men now and for him to revive carlos's career By contemporizing it and bringing in the guy from Oh my God, um, Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas, Thomas, thank you so much. Blew me away. Remember all the awards they got? They, they, yes, that was huge. That was huge. He was fired the next day. He was fired the next day. This is in the. I mean, I knew about it ahead of time, but it was in the documentary. He was fired. From the mega corporation he was working for, because he was making too much money after winning all of those awards, he was devastated. And then he went on to open up another company. And the people they put in his place to run his company had to close; they couldn't run it like him.
0: Is that on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, I have not seen that, and I would. I love me. I love music documentaries, so I will. I will tune into that. I just recently saw the uh, Linda Ronstadt <gasps> uh, documentary that I loved. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. that.
1: I had no idea she was Latina, that she was
0: Mexican. I had yes. Yeah. No yes. Yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah. She is brilliant. Love that documentary. It's so good. Oh, gosh, Judah. Thank you for those. I just recently saw F9, the Fast and Furious Saga. It's been. Going for 20 years, if you can believe that. I can. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I really can. My sister's favorite. I Oh, is it? Yeah. I have to say, it, it, of course, there's so many far-fetched action scenes going on. You're like, oh, my gosh. This is not happening. This could never happen. I can't believe they're doing this. But at the same time, it's so entertaining. It's very entertaining. We really enjoyed it. It was our first movie out at the theaters. We had the theater to ourselves. Oh, right. Yes. yes. Right. So it was, we're like, okay, we're going to go. And then we walked in. There's no one there. We had our assigned seating. Uh, so it was really good. And it was just really fun to get out and watch a movie. And, to watch that type of movie in a the theater was really awesome. So,
1: so let me ask you. Now, you do this podcast on film and television which I love. And more than likely, you are not only a film and television junkie on your platforms at the house, but you probably went to a lot of films in the theaters you know, that 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 played well on the screen, right? Yeah. What was it like for you during the pandemic when you couldn't get out watching films? What did you do to make it a bigger experience or did you?
0: I was okay with watching what I could on television. I think there was a lull there when they stopped filming and there wasn't too much on TV and there wasn't anything at the theaters. That was a little bit difficult for me because to be honest, It is how I relax. It's after I'm working, after I'm cooking, after I'm taking care of my family, doing whatever I need to do, the podcast, anything. I want to just sit down and I want to watch a good TV show or movie. And there wasn't a lot on for a while there. And that was a little bit tough. Uh, I do like going to the theaters, but I'm okay with being home, too. Sure, I do want to see some things on the big screen, or we would do a celebration of birthdays. Uh, my husband likes to go to the movies for his birthday. so sometimes we would do that. and We couldn't, right. so it was uh, it was good to go back out uh, and and to a movie theater just recently and watch this. I so. do,
1: yeah, I love the experience. I really do. Did you have to get into Okay, I really wasn't interested in this show or movie, but why not? I haven't seen it yet. I've watched everything else. Did yes. you explore? Did you explore?
0: Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. And I have watched a lot more. And it's just I feel like now there are there's so much with everything streaming, everybody's making um so much content. And a lot of it is women, women driven, which I really love. And so I love now, even though I love the movies and I still want to be able to go to the movie theater and have that experience, I do not want that to go away. I hope that never does. Because now we've seen, yeah, you can watch anything at home, but you don't get the same experience when you're watching it on a big screen, when you're hearing other people laugh or gasp or uh, whatever it may be. Sometimes it really is um, an experience when you're
1: out Right, because here's what I think. I think it's, it's it's a unique experience because, you know, first of all, there's food for you. So you get all the smells and the flavors of things, a wide variety. And yes, to your point, you're with other people, you don't really know them, but you're acting as a community. And then the screen itself supports certain movies well like the fast and the furious you know those kinds of movies when you have that kind of action coming at you so furiously um (laughs) that that makes a difference when you're in the theaters and then importantly diana you don't have to clean up when you leave
0: yes that's (laughs) absolutely true
1: so here's a little nugget for you that i just learned this morning on the news um Uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, The person who wrote Pulp Fiction is... um, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Thank you. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So Quentin's been on a lot of talk shows recently, and I really don't know why, because he doesn't have another movie, but he just purchased the Vista Cinema, which is a Hollywood icon on the corner of Sunset and Vine, I believe, and he's making it into a screening studio. Wow. So I bet he's going to for select people because he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't have a film out right now, but he said he bought it because he didn't want it to go away. He wanted to preserve some Hollywood, Uh, you know, film locations. Love that. He will now use it as a screening um, cinema. So I really think that's cool.
0: That is. I love that. I love. All the information, all the tidbits, all the stories uh, about L.A. and the people that you've met. It's been so good hearing them. Thank you, Judith, for sharing all of them with me today.
1: Well, thank you for letting me talk about them because they're beautiful memories. Only in L.A., I mean, that's the benefit. Traffic versus if you're in entertainment at all, you get to network with these people and again, I'll close with, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world being able to have these experiences.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Judith. And uh, people can find your podcast, the Amicable Divorce Expert podcast. So please check out Judith's podcast. Thanks. I'm looking forward to the... Erica you have Jane another, one. Yeah, you have another Erica Jane one okay, coming so the up. the last
1: Wednesday of every month... I do a celebrity divorce. So I've done Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, Dr. Dre and Nicole, Erica and Tom, Brad and Angelina, as far as the custody issues were concerned. And so we did the financial aspect of Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. And we're going to do the divorce expert um, the last Wednesday in July. And if we, you know, I don't know when you're going to air this, but it doesn't matter. Just saying those dates, you can go back and the beauty of podcasts are you can record them anytime, and then you can just go back and find references at, at your leisure as the audience member.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for those. Again, thank you for joining me, Judith. My pleasure. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. We'll be uploading a new episode in a couple of weeks. Next show will be on Marvel DC movies. So look for that. You can find our website listed in our show notes.